for Wednesday, December 1st. It's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davey Aronson with a look at this morning's top news the day ahead and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, yesterday's little earthquake off Long Island, not as rare as you might think. Plus, a new world record involving dreidels. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. A Pentagon study on the military's don't ask, don't tell policy, barring gays from serving openly, finds that overturning it would not cause any long-term or widespread problems. Defense Secretary Robert Gates says any concerns over a repeal could be addressed by additional training and education. The findings suggest that for large segments of the military, repeal of don't ask, don't tell, though potentially disruptive in the short term, would not be the wrenching, traumatic change that many have feared and predicted. Gates says he agrees with the White House that a repeal should be passed by the Senate in the current lame duck session to avoid a long court battle. The Senate has approved a sweeping overhaul of the nation's food safety laws. The $1.4 billion measure would increase inspections of food processing, allow the Food and Drug Administration to recall tainted foods, and create stricter standards and regulations. The bill passed by an unusually bipartisan vote of 73 to 25, though it's not clear if there's time to reconcile the Senate and House versions before the end of the year. New York City's incoming schools chancellor, Kathy Black, spoke to reporters for the first time since her appointment two weeks ago. The Hearst Publishing Executive read to first graders at an elementary school in the Bronx and sought to put aside the controversy surrounding her appointment. She wouldn't answer questions about hot-button issues such as school closings, saying it's her first day. The biggest challenge I face coming up is a, a reduced budget, and those are hard. You know, there's, those are hard decisions. But I've got a great team. Black says concerns about her lack of education experience are unfounded, but her critics aren't going away. Several opponents, calling themselves the Deny the Waiver Coalition, protested on the steps of the Department of Education. Noah Gottbaum says they're exploring all options to keep Black from taking charge on January 3rd. Part of it is a legal push. Part of it is simply saying that enough is enough. That you cannot run our school system as a business where you are the only decision maker. The coalition is calling on all parents, students, and teachers who disagree with Black's appointment as chancellor to wear red on Thursday. City officials stand by the legality of Black's appointment and the state's waiver of her education requirements allowing her to serve as chancellor. A day after New York's Senate failed to act on a rescue plan, New York City off-track betting announced it will shut down permanently at the close of business Friday. The Public Benefit Corporation says it will lay off about 1,300 employees and close its many betting parlors and teletheaters, and it warns that lost revenue from bets that goes to New York's racing industry could threaten many more jobs. Governor Patterson has proposed a broad reorganization of the gambling operation, but although the Assembly approved the rescue plan Monday, the Senate decided it needs more time. Senators adjourned a special session and have no scheduled return to Albany. Speaking of Albany, Governor-elect Andrew Cuomo says he had a very positive meeting with Assembly Democrats at a private luncheon, but he still has criticism for lawmakers for failing to tackle the state's budget problems. Karen DeWitt has more. Cuomo was upbeat after a closed-door meeting with Assembly Democrats, but he castigated all the legislators for refusing to act to close the latest budget deficit in a special session called by current Governor David Patterson. Cuomo says lawmakers are just kicking the can down the road. Hard decisions, tough choices don't go away just because you don't make them, you know. 
denial is not a life strategy. Governor Patterson, in an interview with Public Radio, concurred. The excuses become more and more absurd for inaction. Assembly Democrats blame disarray in the Senate for the lack of action. Senate Democrats blame Patterson. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. 167 police officers in Newark are out of a job. Mayor Cory Booker said he had no choice but to lay off roughly 12 percent of the force after the police union declined his cost-cutting plans. It is a day that has come about, we believe, because of an unwillingness of a police union leadership to make one penny's worth of concessions that could have saved jobs. The union said in a statement it presented the mayor with its own cost-cutting plan to save millions of dollars and the officers' jobs. Lifelong Newark resident Albert Cato says the layoffs don't bode well for his hometown. Because Newark is one of the worst cities around, like Chicago. Yep, it's time to stay in the house now. Mayor Booker says the police department will free up officers from desk jobs to cover the same number of officers on patrol. The city faces a multi-million dollar budget gap, and Mayor Booker's administration is hoping to win additional concessions from the rest of the municipal workforce to avert more layoffs. A grand jury has brought more charges against the father of the man who plotted to blow up New York's subway system last September with homemade bombs. WNYC's Elsa Chang reports. Federal prosecutors have added seven new counts against Mohammed Wali Zazi. He's the father of Najibul Azazi, the Denver airport shuttle driver who pleaded guilty in February to planning suicide attacks for al-Qaeda to protest the war in Afghanistan. Federal authorities first accused Najibullah's father of trying to help destroy or hide bomb materials. Now they say they have evidence that he also lied to the FBI and tried to influence witnesses during the investigation of his son. The elder Zazi was previously facing up to 20 years in prison. If he's convicted of all eight counts now against him, he'll be facing 116 years. He already pleaded not guilty to the first count and will be in court on December 9th to hear the new charges. For WNYC, I'm Elsa Chang. Republicans are a step closer to gaining control of the New York State Senate. Democratic incumbent Antoine Thompson of Buffalo conceded his race to Republican challenger Mark Grisanti. That brings the number of GOP-held seats in the Senate to 31. Democrats hold 29 seats. Two races, one in Westchester and another on Long Island, are still undeclared. Meanwhile, the last remaining congressional race in the nation remains too close to call. Long Island Democratic incumbent Timothy Bishop led Republican challenger Randy Altshuler by a little more than 200 votes after absentee military ballots were counted yesterday. Today, a judge could begin reviewing up to 2,000 absentee ballots that are the subject of challenges from both sides. A new pilot program in the city aims to increase the number of organ transplants. As WNYC's Fred Mogul reports, it involves a special emergency response unit, the first in the country, to let people authorize organ donation for a relative who's died outside a hospital. Regardless of what you might have seen on TV or in the movies, people who die, say in a car crash, even if their driver's license says they're organ donors, are not simply rushed to a hospital where their organs are transplanted to someone else. For a number of legal and ethical reasons, transplants currently happen only when someone expires in a hospital. This new program would change that. Starting today, a special mobile unit will monitor EMS calls and will hurry to the scene when a cardiac arrest is fatal. This special team will discuss possible organ donations with family members, not the emergency responders. Since far more people die at home than in hospitals, the program has the potential to increase the number of donors in New York City sixfold from 250 annually to 1,500. For WNYC, I'm Fred Mogul. A New York seismologist says the earthquake that shook up the New York metropolitan area yesterday morning isn't as rare as it seems. 
Art Lerner Lamb with the Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory at Columbia University says the quake struck in the Atlantic Ocean about 80 miles south of the Hamptons, about three miles under the sea floor. This area has been popping off pretty consistently, and uh, this earthquake really comes as no surprise to those of us monitoring. And in fact, across the New York metropolitan area, in fact, throughout the Northeast, Earthquakes continue to occur. Lerner Lamb says five earthquakes have struck the same area in the past 20 years, including a 4.7 magnitude quake in 1992. Tuesday's earthquake didn't cause any significant damage. Taking a look at today's calendar, it's World AIDS Day. President Obama attends events with other administration officials, and there are commemorations across New York. Housing Works holds a 24-hour vigil in City Hall Park. Various organizations provide free HIV screening in Times Square, Washington Square Park, and elsewhere. And the Empire State Building, Intrepid Museum, JFK Control Tower, and the Stock Exchange will be lit red tonight to mark the day. Also today, the President's Bipartisan Deficit Reduction Commission presents its blueprint for, well, reducing the deficit. But the members have put off a vote on the plan until Friday, reportedly because most of them can't agree on it. Today's economic reports include automakers' November sales, October construction spending, third quarter productivity, and the Federal Reserve's Beige Book Survey of Business Activity Nationwide. And, of course, Hanukkah begins at sunset. And also today, a limited edition reproduction of George Washington's Mount Vernon distilled rye whiskey goes on sale at the historic estate of Mount Vernon. Sounds like a great Hanukkah gift for a family member or a friend or me. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Speaking of Hanukkah, for kids, it means one thing, dreidels. The traditional game involves spinning a top inscribed with Hebrew letters and betting chocolate coins. But dreidels can also be pieces of art that go for more than $1,000. Michael Berkowitz's dreidels are sold at the Jewish Museum in Manhattan. He says that making Judaica objects fulfills the Jewish commandment of Hidur Mitzvah, which means beautifying a ritual. So the nicer, the more elegant, the more engaging, the more beautiful we make it, the more it provides depth to the understanding and meaning of the ritual itself. And by the way, last night, a new Guinness World Record was set for the most people spinning a dreidel at the same time, 618. The event, dubbed, what else, Dreidel Palooza, happened at Yeshiva University in Washington Heights. For more on the art of the dreidel, visit our culture page. Click on culture at wnyc.org. Today's gig alert is for a rising singer-songwriter from the great borough of Brooklyn, Bess Rogers. On ukulele and guitar, Rogers makes lilting pop songs with a folk tinge. Tonight, 
Tonight, Rogers is playing at the Rockwood Music Hall on the Lower East Side. To download this song, What We Want, for free, along with other artists playing in New York tonight, just visit our culture page. Click culture at WNYC.org. You can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in depth with our reporters on the news blog. That's all at our website, WNYC.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davey Aronson. Have a great day and a happy Hanukkah. Why you forgot? Why you forgot?